0: Many people talk about the magical parts of becoming a parent, but so often we forget about or avoid talking about the very difficult or maybe embarrassing parts about being a parent for fear that we're abnormal or that we're a failure. Well, we want to create a podcast that highlights and celebrates those parts of parenthood because chances are you're not alone in what you've experienced. We want to talk about those challenges, funny and sad, good and not so great, and offer not necessarily a solution, but some guidance and hopefully comfort. Our main mission at The Natural Nipple is to empower new mothers and support them in their breastfeeding mission. And just because we said it's to empower mothers, don't tune out just yet, dads. You're a major part of this mission. Moms need you there to support them because it's not as easy as one might think. We want to help improve and optimize worldwide wellness by promoting awareness and helping to educate others on the importance of breastfeeding for global and economic health. Yes, it's not just a parent issue. This can have an impact on everyone. We want to discuss the social issues around breastfeeding as well as provide you with the latest findings and research on the impacts of breastfeeding and parenting. We hope you'll follow us and tune in to The Natural Nipple Podcast. You can follow us on Spotify and iTunes by searching The Natural Nipple. And be ready for some great episodes. And if you'd like to find out more about us and our mission, you can visit us at thenaturalnipple.com, where you can participate in our survey or donate.
1: So today we're hosting Holly Homer, who has built her business Working from home as a stay at home mom ended up homeschooling three boys all the way up into high school, which is impressive. And so, from this experience, Holly, you started kidsactivities.com, also Quirky Mama Facebook page, and you've co authored three books. So, this is really why we chose you for today. <laughs> ask a specialist on keeping kids busy while working from home. So, with that so with that I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Well, thank you so much. Um I'm super excited
2: to be here. Yes, my name is Holly and I have three, well, teenage boys although my oldest just turned 20. So, I'm moving into that next stage of life, but um I have three boys and um none of them sat still very well, a whole bunch of like um potluck of sensory issues and behavioral and and then I don't sit still very easily either. So I totally understood what, what, what you know was going on in those early years that um I'd realized that kids' activities like and, and things that you do with your kids aren't just memories, which are amazing to have. It's kind of a survival technique (laughs) because if you can't wear them out, if you can't keep them going to a certain extent, they are never going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And I need my sleep. They need their sleep. And so it's crazy, but um, it really turned into a survival strategy. And nothing like I'm not like the Martha Stewart of any of this I'm like the grab a paper plate or whatever's in the kitchen junk drawer because it doesn't matter what it
1: looks like we just need them busy and exhausted absolutely and so I mean I think it's incredible what you've done I was actually homeschooled myself up until eighth grade so I know what it's like for for you for my poor mother Um, but I was really excited to have you on so for those who are tuning in who don't know about the natural nipple i'm the founder my name is lauren and i'm a nurse practitioner and in my phd i really wanted to figure out the most preventative modalities to give to parents to help them breastfeed for longer Um, and so really trying to solve a critical problem with why we're experiencing latching frustration and that's why i designed this product to try to make it easier, because when you're homeschooling or you have a new little baby that's not taking the bottle or not coming to breast, like it's gonna be really hard for you to wear one out. So I just wanted to give that brief introduction and kind of how you know Holly and I's work go hand in hand. Um, and so you well, and I don't
2: know that you even know this, but um, I'll take it a one one step further. Is um, before I m- was a blogger and a stay-at-home mom, I was a physical therapist. And so what is so crazy is like I do believe you learn everything you learn is for a reason, <laughs> um, and you think well. We- your physical therapist, you're not using any of that now, but it's so untrue because everything works together, your body, the way that, you know, your family functions as a unit, or you're able to care for that baby while you're doing something else. And it's like, it's so important that you have some amount of strategy. It doesn't even have to be a good strategy. It just has to be a strategy in place to start to take on the day because it can, those days are super long, especially when everything goes wrong. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And so when you like, what was your aha moment? Like, what were you picking up and using to entertain your boys where you're like, I need to share this and make kidsactivities.com?
2: Well, you know, early on, it was absolutely not pretty. Um, so, um, but it was a, I, I really, um I, and I'm a little bit older mom. I'm in my fifties now. And so like, I kind of feel like that was almost an advantage back then because I was a little bit older. And so I had been in a, almost a different generation from the younger moms where like my mom literally threw us in the backyard locked the door, and we came back at night. Well, you know, like, that would be child abuse today. (laughs) so I had roamed the neighborhood with the, you know, and, and engaged in a lot of traditional play with the neighborhood kids for years and years growing up. And so, and when I saw that wasn't really happening at all in our neighborhoods, in fact, I lived in a neighborhood that didn't have sidewalks, the houses were far apart. You didn't even know the neighbors. And so one of the first things I realized was the park was my friend. I would like to load up the kids and we'd go to the park early in the morning because I live in Dallas, Texas. So like it gets hot super fast here. But if you can go out early, you can. And I would just throw them outside and they would just play and play and play. And I think what it, it just started br- bringing that light bulb of traditional play is traditional play for a reason. <laughs> like <laughs> it had, So, you know, generations and generations of kids have gone through these, like, these what sanity saving techniques and come up with not only knowing more about the world around them but you know knowing how to interact with other kids knowing how to interact with adults and just exploring the world and so that's one of the things is that we really concentrate on with kids activities blog is just really reminding parents sometimes for the first time hey like these are things they and at first at, at first it was so funny i was like no one's going to read this. Like everybody knows this <laughs> Like or, or like, yeah, like, oh, I did. That was a kid, but that didn't everyone. And then I realized, no, number one, not everybody like grew up like I did and, or homeschooled and that kind of stuff. And then the other side of that is we need reminders. We're busy people.
1: <laughs> and so that's what I love about what you've done is because even though like you may step back and be like, "Oh, this is intuitive, like people don't mm-hmm. know. when you are that spread thin and that stretched thin, you're just like, okay, just where do I go? Where's my trusted source to go and like tell me what to do like right now, otherwise it's really easy to you know by default just hand the iPad and I like that you are and and that can be great for for. T- But I like that you are focusing with your background as a physical therapist into more somatic practices, right, that actually do help with neurodevelopment, which is, you know, what we're really passionate about as a company, like from the start in life, how breast milk can assist with that, how we can make that easier for parents during that process. And then you really help parents take it from the next stage, right, when you've got um people running around now they're small humans it's like how do we entertain and actually one of our um, guests today Ashley has two under two and so she is very excited (laughs) she's very excited to go and start homeschooling and so can you provide sort of maybe if you could distill top three tips for how to start homeschooling maybe it's you know two little boys in that same like twenty-four. Well, first of all um one of the
2: good things about and most of us and this changed a little bit over the last year and a half because a lot of people were thrown into homeschooling with with older kids but let's specifically address kind of the younger like kind of the traditional pre-pandemic situation where you have little kids you might have more than one or two or three um and they're kind of running around and like one of the reasons that like it's just it's not necessarily easy to pack up the kids and drop one off at preschool or drop one off at kindergarten I know that like you know you're like oh just drop them off well yeah that's a production if you have multiple kids so sometimes the easiest thing is to keep them home for a year or two and realize that most of the curriculum and um and I've been a teacher in the past um not necessarily at the lower grades but in the upper grades but one of the most effective um, techniques for learning is through play. And so um, those younger ages like preschool and kindergarten, and even in the first and second grade, especially if you're integrating also um, a reading, you know, um, literacy and stuff like that into it is so much of what they would be learning in school other and you're going to get them together. Like, let's, let me like I know one of the big concerns is you know socialization but if you're connected with some other people in your in your community they're also homeschooling I am telling you the homeschool kids are the most socialized kids in the world because they're generally like learning at the zoo learning at the park learning. I mean like you're you're running all over but you're running over all over as a family unit and yeah. I, the other thing I love about um, the homeschool community that a lot of people don't really think about is that your child is not just um, surrounded by kids their own age. They're surrounded by older siblings of not only your family, but other families too, and younger siblings and parents. And and so it's it, I just love the way that um, that community kind of pulls together in a way that your child is a lot more comfortable with interactions with not only their own age because they're going to get that too. They're going, to, you're going to find those people for them, but also older and younger kids as well. And that can be, that can develop a really a, a cool sense of community within your child that they're confident in that way. But to get started, I would just. Like if you're thinking, hey, sh-, I would start with preschool because like, all oh, so much of the preschool curriculum and you can go formal and get a preschool curriculum online or join a preschool group, um, even Kids Activities Blog, we have a, a preschool at home little program that's just a few dollars a month that just has kind of activity lists and, and what they're learning and all those activities and stuff because it's as simple as that. It's just being strategic that your child's play is, is making sure that it's giving them a, a wide variety of experiences and mm-hmm. then and then it's so fun, like when they're, you know, you, we all know this innately that like, hey, if you're like singing the alphabet, they're going to learn the alphabet. Oh, hey, by the way, here's an, I mean, like it's, we overcomplicate our lives. <laughs> so overcomplicate our lives. And this is way easier than, than you think if you're plugged into the, you know, and being thoughtful and I would, like, people are, like, oh, I'm so afraid my kid's not going to learn everything they need. If you're the type of parent that's already thinking, oh, I'm so afraid that my kid isn't going to learn anything, I promise you they'll be fine. You're, you're like, it's on your radar, you're watching for things, and then just be strategic and make sure that you're doing something. And for me, I'm like so unstructured and so terrible at a schedule and all that kind of stuff. So I was afraid like we would do like three days of school and then they would never go to school again, (laughs) which is what, no, I I was like, no, this is kind of important. This is my kid's education. And so I started off really kind of loosey goosey. And then um, as the kids um, went into more like first grade, second grade, I actually, there's a, like a, Uh, what they would care like a university model school so in our area so they went to school two days a week and then they were homeschooled the other days and so I like that too is finding non-traditional ways to solve your issues like I like the fact that they were sitting in a classroom two days a week like a traditional student um but that they didn't have to sit still five days a week like because they're little boys and that would have been really really hard
1: I love that so so far what I've just like teach back essentially what you're saying is you know play is really the best teacher and it sounds like and understandably I think a lot of parents concern is like how can I deliver this information I don't even remember this but principally like even us as adults we learn through more sort of cinematic experiences with our environment and that's how it's ingrained. And so if you're, you know, less concerned about the structure and this is how I'm going to teach it. And this is like, when we're going to sit down and deliver this information, you can, as you said, you know, sing the alphabet in the car. Yeah. It could be on the way to the beach and like Mm -hmm. actually, Start seeing moment to moment there's these different opportunities that arise in like getting out in nature or going doing some sort of group activity where they're actually absorbing far more than if you try to like formally sit them down and be like okay here's the building blocks <laughs> and right now <laughs> it's kind of like that when by Daniel Pink right like you gotta you gotta read exactly is it when they're too tired or is this like peak curiosity for them to actually absorb information. And is the timing for you good too? So I love that you mentioned, you know, your own sort of unstructured style because you still got it done and it doesn't yeah. have to be what everybody else's day looks like. I know, I know we started our days at like 10 a.m. and that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be different for every family
2: and you can really tailor it to what, when your kids peak learning is. And the other thing most people don't really think about is, um, and I went to a traditional school, um, for most of my schooling. So like I, and I love school, so I'm not dumping on school at any, for anybody. Like some people really thrive in that, in that, um, environment, but like some people don't because the, um, you think about one of the reasons why they go to school for, you know, eight 30 to three or whatever, um, is because there's there's a lot of people at different levels in that classroom that the teacher needs to spend time with that same lesson at home. um, And by the way, I really believe in independent study. Like that's if my kids didn't know how to like, how to like, once they read, they were pretty much independent. I was this there to help. So I was not standing over them the whole time. And by the way, it wasn't 8.30 to 3. Generally, they could get what they would traditionally get in a classroom in, you know, an hour and a half, two hours during that day. And in the, your early grades, it was a lot less than that because we were running around to the museums, to the zoo, to the whatever I wanted to do. And we yeah. would just like tailor whatever they were learning uh, to whatever environment we were on. And they were hands-on. And that's the other thing is you learn things so much faster and live them. If you're hands-on getting there, you're feeding the giraffe, you're going to understand why giraffe's necks are really long because they need those those leaves up in the trees. You're just, it's going to be, you're going to know it without even having to be told it because you you were, we stood on a big tall ladder and we, re- we fed the giraffe that day, you know.
1: Exactly. And like, so from a molecular standpoint, having looked at psychoneuroimmunology, it's really what you're saying is so scientifically based, right? Because when you have an emotional experience and you've got these heightened levels of dopamine, you're embedding that in your long-term memory because it's going through the limbic system essentially. And so I love what you said and I love to say it back. It's like pretty much go easy on yourself because the same lesson that takes you know, maybe eight hours to relate to a group of 30 students takes a fraction of the time when you oh. are doing these one-on-one um, environmental-based yeah. learnings. And so you can sort of rest assured that the opportunities will come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is you really open, and
2: I always laugh because I never had the, like, the kid that always said, why, why, why? Because I have three boys and they're, you know, I hardly, I have to, like, shake them to get information out of them. <laughs> but, but like in the car, when everyone's strapped in and they're talking to each other back there, you're overhearing this and you're like, okay, next time, like I wanna make sure that they understand that fully. And I mean, you're just a lot more aware. And I think a, a lot of parents were blessed this last year understanding like a little bit deeper of what their kids are learning and like what, you know, what is it that they're learning right now? How is that laid out in lesson form? And it kind of demystified it, which I kind of love, because it this is not rocket science. You are not teaching neuroscience. <laughs> you are teaching play and and simple concepts that you know. And by the way, when you go through that again, you learn I mean, I probably learn more every day than my kids did. <laughs> but but it's just a really fun way to kind of relive your own childhood through these playful learning activities.
1: I love that. And so you're seeing the opportunity as well for yourself. And I'm not sure, Holly, if you could speak to this, because this is like sort of pre-pandemic tips, but maybe we can parlay that into the third tip being more related to a confined environment, perhaps Mm -hmm. where you notice that some of your your fans are, you know, also working at the same time. So they're really relying on some sort of project or self-driven project in entertainment to provide that learning, which I believe is what you, you know, focused on with your site is like,
2: (laughs) yeah. And I think this, this is the other kind of side of everything. Like, like I wouldn't have been able to homeschool and work from home Um, at the same time, if the, if I wasn't encouraging independence in the children from a very, very young age, we are raising independent human beings to take on the world. But I feel like a lot of us forget that. And we put them in bubble wrap and we like, we hug them for 17 years and then we send them off to college to be eaten alive. (laughs) Don't do that. We need to provide those uh, those um, times that they're in, they're in charge of their own life. They're in charge of the consequences that that's going to happen all along the way. And of course, the what you're going to do with a smaller child as far as independence is very different with the older children. But what the bottom line is that if I sit and entertain my child the entire day, that does nothing for them. Like I mean, it'll be fun day, and maybe we have a day a year that we do that. But that help them grow as a human being that can occupy themselves, that can be independent, that can go do what's next, or sequence something, or be creative. Um, And so one of the things that I love about traditional play is it kind of is innately that way, is you start with an idea of, okay, we are going to, you know, we're going to go build a, a mud pie in the backyard but that was the original idea and then two hours later they've created like a pulley system over the swing set and they're pulling concrete you know the the um, pea gravel up and over on these levers and throwing them down the on uh, the slide because it makes a really crazy rain sound but yeah. if we hadn't started with that like idea that kind of play prompt that 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 kind of release them into their own creativity and if i hadn't stepped back if i had been like okay now we're going to get dirt and water and that's and here's your pans and and this you know and if i had put my mud pie you know idea on top of their play i would have squashed their creativity Um, and one of the things I learned through um, my kids having sensory issues, um, at sensory processing um, issues, which is a kind of overstimulation. So like like something that you and I wouldn't even think about, a breeze coming through the, the backyard, like could set them into being overstimulated, just like we might be in a crowd. And so w- one of the things that I learned through that is that one of the treatments for um, for sensory processing disorder is what they call hard work. And in, in, the, in kids, that's more like lifting something heavy or weight-bearing exercises and stuff like that. And what my occupational therapist told me one day, is, he goes, you, they will gravitate to what they need. So my kids, like, can you imagine these buckets <clears throat> that they were um, carrying up the, the slide um, ladder were probably five, 10 pounds, and they were figuring out how to do it, like get it up there. Like if I had gone out and told them, I want you to pick up 10 pound bags of something and carry it up these stairs and dump it down the slide. They would have looked at me crazy, but they arrived at that because it was what they needed. But I didn't know what they needed at that time.
1: Oh, that is so wonderfully said. Um, Because essentially the fourth tip that you've mentioned is you want to inspire independence right yes your kids naturally like they know what they need for development it's Mm -hmm. and so often we put the role on ourselves or parents Mm -hmm. do to sort of be the entertainer oh i have to come up with this full you know Mm didactic syllabus of what needs to go down but if you create room for that organic creativity that's really where they can thrive and um just speaking from my own experience as a very independent learner um you know we didn't have tv we didn't have video games so if if you actually are firm as a parent which is not easy to do if, if you're oh. a kid- If your kids are very used to, you know, like you being an entertainer, you giving them a solution every time, it's not going to be easy to say, no, actually, like go create, go play, go find something to be constructive. And that was always a challenge because I was just never bored as a kid, in all honesty, because I would make like digital video games on cardboard. I would draw out these different, what happens here? simple goes this way. (laughs) So I mean, you find you find stuff in your environment. And it really does stimulate a creativity that otherwise, you you know, you can't prescribe that for them.
2: You can't. And I like, they need to be bored. I'm so glad you said that. Like, you say, I was never bored as a child. But part of that was because you were given the freedom to go solve the boredom. Yeah. A lot of times and like, the, I am absolutely for screens <laughs> in a lot of situations when it's like, okay, it's either that or I'm going to take, I, or I feel like I need to take you out and beat you, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if I had had screens when they, I could have gone in, out to eat, you know, like that kind of thing. But, but it can rob them of that, like, that thinking, what can I do next? What, what, like, I'm so bored. I'm just like, if you're always allowing them to solve boredom with flat screens, they are lacking the experience that of boredom and the, the gift of boredom. Because that gift of boredom is going to give them the creativity and and the sensory input and the, you know, and the boredom, the the, the, the solving, the solving of that problem. Um, to a level that a screen the screen just is so passive about that so my kids are big into video games i get it like they do all that but there is a time that like you need we need to turn that off and so like i don't care what you do but you you're basically being locked out of house for the next hour (laughs)
1: like just to echo back your tip five is don't rely on rescuing boredom like you said not anti-screen there's a time and there's a place I was just on a trip with my friend who has two under two and thank you God for <laughs> iPad at one point in the car trip. <laughs> or, whoever developed the iPad, Steve Jobs, but yeah. um, honestly, it was really, you know, it was so interesting to watch the world through their eyes because in lieu of having some sort of form of entertainment or even a toy Like, they were just picking up little rocks on the beach, you Mm -hmm. know, and experiencing what the tactile sensation of, like, the water coming up, and, like, Mm -hmm. just going a little bit further and a little bit further, like, and I I remember myself as a kid being in a car ride. There's nothing, right? You're just, like, 45-minute car ride. So, visually, I would just play with trying to, like, run my field of vision in and out of the um, the light post fast enough, right? (laughs) Not anything that anyone handed me, but you can come up with very creative ways to keep your mind, your mind busy. And so I think that's, I think that like, I think a lot of times
2: parents feel like they're, they're falling down on parenting if their kids are bored. And Mm -hmm. I just want to, I, I think it's absolutely, if you are causing bored moments of boredom and hours of boredom in your children's lives, then you're doing the best job possible for them. And um, and it, it, that's super funny coming from someone who, like, you know, writes books about kids' activities, <laughs> writes a whole blog about it. But the truth is, is part of the reason that those exist is because, like, it's just an easy way to get these, these modern kids into boredom and being okay. It's kind of like the gateway drug to boredom. <laughs>
1: You're like here's where we start <laughs> um and so yeah with that holly i'd love to sort of parlay into you know you have the book 101 kids activities that are the bestest Funnest ever that you just showed us yeah
2: actually this was the this is my latest book that came out this spring and it's the big book of kids activities it's five it's 500 activities it's available at any of your bookstores or on amazon and um barnes and noble any of those places and it has over, I am I was the one that contributed the most activities to this, so my name's first, but um, there's a whole bunch of other activities besides just mine in here, um, over 500 things to do. And these are super simple stuff that you probably have everything you need at home. And if not, you probably have something you could substitute into it. So we're talking simple crafts, simple games, and things that um, the other thing that was really important with the books that um, that I've been involved in is that. I, like I said earlier, I don't believe families come, I mean, unless you have twins or triplets, you know, for the, you don't have the luxury of just one age playing together. So Mm -hmm. all these things are things that can be like grandma can do it with the two-year-old or the 17-year-old and the two-year-old can play together in this way, because that's how we are. That's how we are as communities and how we are as families. And so that's another thing is a lot of these things have modifications for older than younger kids and being, realizing that it's not about the game or the craft or the art project. It's about like doing it together and just, you know, spending time together, learning together, laughing together. And that's really what the most important thing
1: is. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know that you had that newest book. So thank you for showing us that. And you actually tied that into my next question was like, is it age appropriate or like how, who can go look on your site actually? for activities? Do you have a targeted age range on there? I would say most
2: people find my site when they have like an 18 month to two year old because they usually Google what to do with my two year old. (laughs) which I dominate for on Google. Um, But so but the truth is, we have things I have like baby's first coloring page. I mean, everything from baby and we have resources for parents and caregivers um, and teachers there too. So you'll even if you're pregnant, you're gonna find some things on there that like are and it's all written by real moms. And so Like sometimes our advice isn't necessarily traditional because like, hey, this is what worked. And it's all full of just like, Inclusion and grace, because I think one of the biggest problems of being a mom is that we give grace to everyone else in the world except ourselves. And so um, we need to be reminded of that sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, really anything. And then, like like I said, my kids are older now. So we even, I even have some stuff for teens and, and that kind of thing on there. Although, like most people looking for kids' activities, it's usually kind of that preschool, kindergarten, early grade school age.
1: And what's your favorite activity, let's say, for 18-month-olds? So that's, like, where essentially, like, our bottle subscription ends and then, you know, you're transitioning into (laughs) running around and getting into everything. What's your favorite? activity yeah so for
2: in fact one of my favorite indoor activities can be for 18 month old and up and that is to ju- and to just especially if you're kind of stuck inside like it might be too hot outside or it might be too cold or it might be raining is to set up just a really simple obstacle course, like things that they, like maybe the couch cushions are bumps they have to crawl over and maybe like a table they have to go under and you can can do it as simple as just showing them the path or you could do little post-it notes that tell them to go up, you know, arrows up or arrows down so they're, Think about they're following directions. They're learning sequencing: step one, step two, step three. They're getting involved with their bodies, like moving under and over, creating, and help have them start helping you create stations along the way. So, and they'll come up with stuff much better than you ever would. Um, But like, and then if once you get that set up that can stay up or you can time them and they can, you know, you can make it a challenge or a challenge it gets themselves or they can get other kids involved and then have the younger kids show the older kids how to do it. Um, and they, they will think that they like, just are the best boss ever.
1: <laughs> that is such a great recommendation actually, as well for building confidence because you know, <laughs> How um, important teach back is just for solidifying, but also the transition and role as or perceived role as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just fun and they'll all
2: end up like, you know, in a big pile at the end. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> that's the goal of any activity.
1: <laughs> um, so now that you know parents are, are sometimes having kids return to school pretty soon here, um, mm-hmm. are there learning resources on your site? And okay. Can you tell yeah. us In fact,
2: we have um, almost like, well, like I said, we have pretty much a full preschool curriculum um, and that was written by a preschool teacher. So like, those are like legitimate things based on the milestones that your child would need before they go into kindergarten. And then we just have like, you know, just everything that you'd want to learn because when it comes down to it, like anything you do in the kitchen comes down to a science experiment and anything you do. I mean, like, it's so funny that every, all this play is based in science and math and and like social and sciences and you know history and all these things so there's so many things that just go along and then we have a, over 500 um free printables on the site everything from coloring pages to worksheets um and those don't have to be done <laughs> don't have to be used like you would use a coloring page. Like my kids hated to color, but if you like would have them like hand them a paintbrush or hand them like a glue and glitter, that's like, they would do it then. Or the other thing we used to do is, is cut them up and make like little signs for like their Lego cities that they were building and, you know, billboards and stuff like that. So like, you don't have to use anything on the site the way it says to be used. It's all as like a jumping off place for creativity and fun.
1: I love that. You also answered my next question is like any of these resources free. And I think mm-hmm. it's so wonderful that you've, you know, created this not only as a book, like you said, where um, parents can purchase in any bookstore, um, but also on your site that there's resources that are really easy to access as well. Um there- And that's what's so funny. I have literally
2: over thirteen thousand blog posts on the site. So, like, if you just want free stuff, like you, like I can do that all day and night for you. And um, and there's a search bar on the side of the blog that if you think, hey, like we're studying pandas this this week, like just search it on the site. I'll have you know how to make a panda paper plate craft. How to make something out of cupcake liners, how to, you know, here's a panda coloring page. And so, like, use it as, like, whatever your kids are interested in, just run with it. And and there's tons of resources on the site that will help you do that.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Holly. Like, I know I got a lot out of your principles, essentially, for not really, not only keeping kids entertained, because we learned it's actually the opposite. (laughs) Keep your kids bored, (laughs) your kids bored (laughs) and how to keep yourself sane in the process. (laughs) Exactly. And I just couldn't agree more as well with what you're saying with going back to play is the best teacher. Um, I remember when I was looking for an advisor, one of the, I always looked at how satisfied people seemed with their life and with their, like, Hmm, do I want to do that? Do I want to go into this field? And the happiest most fulfilled scientist was the one that was studying play Mm -hmm. and like we're just going back to these principles that are so innate we do it because we're programmed to do it and that's the best thing for our development but now as we have more tools like functional MRI we can actually see what's happening in the brain and the areas that are lighting up and so there's research to back what you're saying (laughs)
2: It's so true. And I I think the other thing is, is we as adults, sometimes that's one of the first things we eliminate from our life when we get busy. And so if you can sit down and play with your kids, um, even if it's just for a few minutes at the beginning of whatever they're doing, you know, it's going to bring some joy and light and perspective to your life that you probably need right then.
0: (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly. And I just want to say thank you so much. Before we jump off, is there anything that you wanted to add in that we didn't touch on today? Um, and if not, how can our audience find you? So um, I think I think
2: we covered a lot and I really appreciate this opportunity today. Um, so you can find me at kidsactivities.com or we're here on Instagram as kids, kids Activities blog. And then there's everything on kidsactivities kids activities blog if you're on Facebook then follow quirky mama and mama is m-o-m-m-a we have a really large community where we share not just what we write on kids activities blog but a whole but basically the best that we can find from all over the world um gets appears on that and then um there I have actually have four activity books out and this is the latest one the big book of kids activities and it has over 500 activities which Like, if you think about it, that's like two years of play, and you won't even repeat something. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's a bargain. I think it's under $20
1: (laughs) for two years of play. If you really think of it like that, you're so right. Well, thank you so much, Holly. And for everybody that tuned in, I know some questions were, is this going to be recorded? And yes, what we'll do is we'll post this Instagram live, but not only that, we will extract the audio and in about two weeks, we'll post it as a podcast and then also extract um, the digestible insights to put into the blog too. So keep an eye out for that. And thank you so much for tuning in, for keeping kids busy while working from home. I just enjoyed our conversation so much, Holly. So thank you for everything you're doing and the value that you're providing to parents and also just inspiring them to give more grace to themselves and to play themselves. Thank you so much.